And I please uh, I covet your prayers uh, uh, and, and ministering this, uh, this morning. Uh, and uh, because, you know, as, as, I, as I was really getting, getting involved in my office and praying and uh, and seeking the Lord in, you know, in my mind for the days. The Lord um, woke me up with a thought for this message this morning. Uh, he gave me this message uh, before I got out of bed. And uh, I, I just had to uh, come together to uh, here to get it together and find the scriptures that the Lord would have me. But uh, then the phone call that I got about the passing of Brother Andrews, um, it's... To me, it was just like you know getting a phone call hearing that your that your that your daddy had passed away, uh, because he was he was my spiritual father. Uh, whoever's ministry that you come under, you might be under a lot of other ministries, but the ministry that you come over that you was birthed under, uh, they will always be your spiritual father. And uh, uh, and I give him uh, uh, honor uh, for the, for that because I'm thankful as God has led me to where I'm uh, at uh, uh, today. We're going to be going to the book of Romans, um, the uh, seventh chapter. Romans chapter 7. And we're going to be reading uh, several verses of Scripture. As you know, I normally just read one or two verses as a text, but I've got to read all of this to bring this out. Uh, And... I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version but, uh, because as Paul was writing this and the way he was saying some of this stuff, uh, it's kind of difficult to get a clarity of everything that he's saying. And um, the New King James kind of um, uh, arranged a little bit uh, on a different basis and makes it a little clearer. I'm going to still read slow because I want you to really listen to what the Apostle Paul is saying here uh, in uh, to the church at Rome here in this seventh chapter, beginning at verse 14, and we're going to read down through the ending of the chapter. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing... I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Let me stop right there and say it's time for anybody who thinks that they're all that in a bag of chips. (laughs) You need to get off your high horses. Because Paul said, I know that within me. Dwells no good thing. There ain't nobody nowhere can brag to anything being good in them. It's not there. Hallelujah. Glory. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. 
For the good that I will will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that it, that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Let's pray. Fathers, we come to you right now. We thank you, God, and we praise you, God, for the honor and privilege we have to come together to sit at your table one more time. And now, Lord, I know, God, that I am not able, God, and eloquent enough to deliver this message, God, like it should be delivered. And so, God, I'm leaning upon you. I'm dependent upon you. I need your anointing. I ask you, God, not to anoint your word because your word is already anointed. But I ask you to anoint me, God, and help me, God, with my inconsistencies and help me, God, that I may deliver, God. And then finally, God, I pray, God, for the heart of everybody here today that you will touch their hearts, speak to them, encourage them through the word of life. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Let the church say, and you can be seated. When the Apostle Paul wrote this stuff, he wrote a mouthful. It's, it's hard for me to read it and not get, get tongue-tied. It's the way he goes back and forth there and how he... Uh, but I, I, I kind of feel like the way it's worded that, that you can almost feel the struggles of the Apostle Paul. You can feel, Brother Darrell, there's a struggle there. Even with this great man of God, that there were still some struggles in his life. And I want to use these Scriptures to, to speak for the next few minutes on a subject titled, Breaking the bondage of self. Breaking the bondage of self. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord. Bondage and addiction comes in every kind and shape that you could imagine. From the chemical bondages of drugs and alcohol to the physical bondages of sexual perversion and lust. But the most detrimental bondage of all of them for the child of God is the bondage to self. And what I'm I'm mainly referring to is human behavior. And human behavior left to itself is always a nature which is against God. Hallelujah. Every one of us in the house today, we've got a nature within us 
that we was born with when we come out of our mother's womb that was automatically a nature against God. The Word of God says in another place that it's an intimacy against God. No, it says there's a hostility there. Hallelujah. There's a built-in hostility against the spiritual things of God. Oh, Brother Sammy, somebody might say, uh, how can you say that anybody would be hostile against the Word? Well, if nobody ever, um, didn't have a hostile attitude about the Word, wouldn't nobody ever get mad when the preacher stepped on the toes? Amen? Glory. There, there, so there's a nature. And there's, there's many of us here uh, uh, sitting uh, in the building today who's been in bondage to various things that God has helped you with, that's delivered you from. Hallelujah. Um, uh, uh, you know, very, um, I was laughing. We had one lady that come out of the tent one night, and uh, she began to talk, you know, uh, and uh, uh, to various ones. and, and but, but she began to say, well, y'all, uh, in other words, religious people, you don't know where, where I'm coming from, uh, uh, where I've been and doing this and doing that, you know, and, and all that. And I, and I stopped her for a moment. I said, I want you to tell you something. Amen. Surrounding you right now, amen, are several people, amen, who knows exactly where you're at right now because they've been there. There was none of us born, hallelujah, holding a crucifix in one hand and a bottle of a no-no-oil in the other. Hallelujah. But there are people, uh, amen, sitting on these church pews uh, right now. You know what it is uh, to be in bondage. Uh, you know what it is uh, to be addicted, uh, amen, to whatever it may be. But thank God you can lift a hand this morning and you can say, I am free. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. The Word of God said He come to set the captive free. But you know what? There, there is a, a situation within the body of Christ. And this message today is mainly to church people. It's mainly to church folks. People who have been delivered from bondage maybe of alcohol or, or, or dope or, or, or whatever it may be. And because God has set us free, because He has made us free, then we get in and begin to serve God. But then quietly, with us not thinking about it, without us not really paying a whole lot of attention to it, there is still some chains of bondage. And even though it's not the bondage of of a, of a chemical addiction or a physical addiction, but it's a bondage to self. And sometimes it takes longer and a greater struggle, Brother Harrison, for us to be free of ourself than it does to get free of anything. Hallelujah. Glory. Have you ever wondered... I have. I've done... I, I do this, and I, and I, I do it a lot especially in my meditation when I'm by myself and I'm in my personal prayer life and I, and I read to God. I, uh, I'm one who does a lot of meditation. I, I, I meditate upon God and I, and I think about things because this is, this is one way. If, you know, you, you hear Brother Sammy talk about, well, God spoke to me about this or God gave me a message on this. And, 
And if you ever wonder how God does that, He does that for me. I'm talking about personally. He, he does it for different people, different ways. But He speaks to me when I begin to meditate on Him. And as I meditate upon God, the first thing that I use to begin to meditate on is how that I can improve me. How can I work on me? Because I don't know how you are about it, but I, even though I've served God for all these years, I've been saved since I was seven, been preaching since I was 14, but I'm still not satisfied. Hallelujah. Amen. On with my spiritual level with God, because I know there's still a higher height that I can go to. There's still a deeper relationship. Hallelujah. That I can embrace. And I want more. I want more. I want more. I look back over my life, and and I judge myself. What do you mean again, Brother Samuel? Well, the Word says if we judge ourselves, we wouldn't be judged. And I judge myself. And I look back over sins that I've committed. I look back over transgressions. I look back over actions, and I constantly do that. And I wonder, what made me do that? What made me act like that? Why was my behavior such and such on that particular day? Why? What, 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 what it was, was it about me that made me act that way? And if you've never wondered... What makes you do and act the way you do, you ought to take some time to do that. How about your feelings, your emotions, or your resolve? Have you ever wondered what makes you feel certain ways? What makes your emotions certain and your resolve? Now, there are certain answers which we could give, but none can fully address the situation about our own personal nature, about what makes us to do and to think in uh, uh, various ways. DNA and family traits are certainly a factor, amen, in your behavior. Hallelujah. I mean, please understand, you know, your husband or your wife, you know, Maybe you don't understand why they get uh, you know, they get moody about certain things, or or easily to uh, you know uh, fly off the handle, so to speak. Well, it could it, uh, it could be in their DNA. It could be part of their family traits because you do pick up things like that down your line of heritage. We pick up things the way that we think and the way that we act. Amen. Uh, I can, when I'm honest with myself, when I'm honest with myself and I look back, I can, a lot of times in my life, when I do something or feel a certain way, I can, it, it's kind of weird, but, but, but I can, I can see my father in some things that I do. Now I'm not talking about my heavenly father right now, I'm talking about my earthly father. 
Some of the things that I do, some of the things that I say, reminds me of my earthly father. And then some of the things that I do, some of the things that I say, reminds me of my earthly mother. We all pick up those traits, both bad and good. And whether whether you consider they're good traits or bad traits, we pick up things from that, from the DNA. It's there. It's there, and that's that's part of the part of the answer to our behavior and how that we act. Amen. Your environment and the way you were brought up also contributes to your disposition and your nature. Amen. The environment that you're in, amen, and then uh, the way that you were raised, amen, plays a factor. But the greatest factor or ingredient which makes you who you are is related to the fallen nature of man. That's the greatest factor. Because it is a rebellious self-centered reason at which we all have been in bondage or controlled by. And even after we have turned to Christ, the tendency to follow self is so strong, we all too often are led that way. Hallelujah. Now, it's easy to cop out and blame the devil for everything, but I'm going to tell you, Nine times out of ten, the devil wasn't nowhere around whenever you did what you shouldn't do. The devil wasn't nowhere around when you spoke out of turn and said what you should have said. Don't blame the devil. Look in the mirror because your yourself is the greatest enemy that you got to combat. I'm not saying that he won't come over there and magnify a problem. He'll do that. He'll do that. But the greatest bondage that we have to contend with is the bondage to ourself. What is keeping you from going to that next level? We, used to, we don't talk about it as much as we did every while. But the thing that keeps you from going to another level of God, it ain't because the preacher's not preaching deep enough. It ain't because a worship leader's not getting the spirit going enough. It ain't because the devil's trying to put pull the a rug out from the how to but it's because you are still in bondage to self. Your own behavior, your personal makeup, amen, that, that psyche about you, that inward part about you, amen, that's a part, Stephen, oh, you're saved, amen, and a child of God, you still got a fallen nature, and that nature is going to be always, 100% of the time, against God. Hallelujah. Now, this is a powerful word I'm giving you today. It's not a word that you will hear from the pulpit of every church. Hallelujah. Because a lot of them don't want or don't care to confront the problems and the issues. Amen. That's coming about today. I, in turn, as a shepherd that God has placed me over a particular place, I'm concerned about everybody. Even though I'm concerned about myself, and I, and I want to make heaven my home. I want to receive some rewards. But the next thing in line after that, 
I want to see everybody that I ever ministered to. I want to, I want to see you there on the other side. Hallelujah. I have a feeling. I have a feeling, Douglas, that when I get over there on those streets of gold and I see all the things of heaven and whatever the mansion is that God has got for man, that and all of that, that, you know, that that will begin to pale if I can look and I can see the faces of those of us who have struggled down here. Hallelujah. Those of us who have fought the battles together. Those of us who have been in the trenches together. Hallelujah. Fighting the battle. Glory to God, I want to see you there. That's why pastor preaches so hard sometimes. Amen. It ain't because pastor don't love you. Amen. Or he gets a thrill out of stomping on your feet. But I want to see us all make it across the finish line. And the greatest thing that this pastor faces, I'm not got the devil's not bothering me right now. He ain't coming close to me right now because he can't touch what is anointing me right now. I got the anointing tripping off me like water in a rainstorm. And the devil can't come near to me. But I want you to know there is a force coming against me right now that's stronger than the devil. And it's a whole lot of self. Amen. A whole lot of self. A whole lot of self. That says, I don't have to listen to him. I don't have to listen to that. Or whatever that self is saying. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my Lord. A rebellious fallen nature that we become in bondage to. Hallelujah. Praise God. I need three people quickly to raise your hand. It's got a Bible and don't mind reading. Okay. Uh, Jamie, Romans 10.3. And then uh, uh, Sister Brenda, Philippians 2 and 4. Philippians 2 and 4. One other. Okay. I'll uh, get Paul there. Jude 8. Jude verse 8. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. The bondage of self. The bondage of self. It's the bondage of self that keeps you from wanting to sign up on our our fast chain the first seven days of every month. A matter of fact, this is the first day. I guess we'll have to start that tomorrow. Seven days of prayer and fasting. It's not the devil that keeps you from signing up. It's self. Hallelujah. It's the, uh, as, as, as one writer said, uh, whose God is their belly. And I would, I would fast, but... I was with the sweetie when we was at the grocery store, and I seen her buy that big old chicken. And man, I love that fried chicken. I just can't fast 
that day because I know she's going to cook that chicken. Or you plan to fast that evening. You come home from work. You plan to fast a supper meal. And, man, you look there and you, you, you see a big old fresh homemade chocolate cake sitting there. And that mouth gets to watering. And, Brother Dallas, when you make the decision to cut into that chocolate cake, it was not the devil, but it was self. It was self. Hallelujah. Amen. Self is what gets us. Or let me put it this way. Self is what keeps us from getting closer to God. Because the closer you get, and, and here, here's, how it, here's how it is right here. Let me, let me put it this way. The closer that you get to God, and, and I'm talking about when I say you, I'm talking about your spirit man. You remember what John the Baptist said concerning himself and Jesus Christ? He said he must increase and I must what? Decrease. Come here, Paul. You've been having to play the bad guy in the drama, so we're going to give you a break. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna make you Jesus this morning. We're going to cut you a break, all right? All right? And, 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 and if that's the Lord standing there, and here I am, my spiritual man, just the spiritual nature, trying to get closer, trying to get closer. Amen. Come here, Sean. Hallelujah. How many people have ever heard talk about on the news or read in books today all uh, people about people having out of body experiences? You know, they talk about um, you know having an out of body experience to where you know you pop out of your body and you look down there and you see your body on the operating table and all that stuff. You know, and well. Now, let me let me let me tell you a little out of body experience right now. Here, here's me out of body. I'm, it's my spiritual man, the born again part of, not my flesh, the born again part of me. And I'm looking at Jesus, and I'm trying to get closer to Jesus. But when I begin to step to get closer to Jesus, Amen. There, there there's an out of body experience. My flesh jumps around here. Right in front of me. Turn around and face me here. And he, my flesh, myself, is trying to keep me. Kind of like that drama. My flesh, myself, is keeping me. Hallelujah. This ain't the devil. This is not Lucifer. This is Sammy Pruitt. This is the man, Sammy Pruitt. Hallelujah. Yeah, and my, my spirit man wants to get closer to Christ. But there's a struggle here. Amen. And the reason why that is, thank you, you can step aside. The closer that I get to him, the more he decreases. Because this man is not a nimkum poop. He's not a numbskull. This man, <laughs> uh, hallelujah. Be careful, Sammy. Don't get upset and then don't go back there and slap nobody. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. This man knows that if he allows this part of me to get closer, that he's going to dwindle down to nothing. And pretty soon, he's going to be gone. And ain't going to be nothing but me and Jesus got our own thing going. Hallelujah. Give these fellows a hand clap. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. The closer you get to Jesus, the smaller yourself is going to be. Hallelujah. Because self cannot magnify himself in the presence of Almighty God. Oh, hey, this is some powerful preaching where you can see it or not. We need to say no to self. Just like you said no to the devil at night or day, whenever it was, that you come to the altar. You said no to the devil then. You said no to the world. Well, when are you going to start saying no to self? Because ever, ever since the night you got saved, ever since the night you got baptized or filled with the Holy Ghost, your biggest enemy has been self. Because you gained power. The, night, the day you got saved or night, whichever it was, you got power over the enemy. Hallelujah. Amen. Unfortunately, we're not faring too well against self. Why, why is this such a detriment? When you talk about self, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to wind this up very quickly, but number one, when we talk about self, there is self-righteousness. Romans 10 and 3. Read that. Self-righteousness. Self-righteousness is what rears its head up in a born-again child of God when they try to get closer to God. When the Word of God and the preaching of the ministry lets us know what God's righteousness is, we say no to the righteousness of God, and we think we're smarter than God, the Holy Spirit, and the preacher man all rolled up in one. Hello, somebody. What do you mean, Brother Samuel? Well, they, he said they go to establish their own righteousness. We don't want to follow the acceptable standards of the Word of God. We don't want to follow the acceptable standards of, of, of the message that the church, amen, of Jesus Christ appears to and preaches and believes. But we want to establish their own. But here's what old self says. Well, I know that church down there says, you know, they have church churches three times a week. But now, you know, I've, I've been born again, and I'm saved, and, and I know a little bit about the Word of God, and I'm going to establish my own. I'm going to establish it just one day of being enough. That's your righteousness that you've established. It's not God's righteousness. Hello, somebody. Hallelujah. The Word of God is established Amen. What we should give, that every man should give as he has been prospered. But, you know, we're going, to, we're going to reject that, and we're going to establish our own righteousness, and we're going to establish how much we're going to put in the plate because we got a nice, pretty bass boat that we got in the back of our mind. Hello, somebody. Oh, I, got, I got that new um, uh, uh, set of 
Man, it's amazing how much these guys spend on golfing. I, I become a, a little bit acquainted to it. I, I joined, a, went on a team uh, and played. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, we uh, it was some, some bus drivers, and I had never done it before. And, they, and I said, "Man, I don't know. I don't. I don't know nothing about it." And they said, "Well, just come on over. You know, uh, we could play scrabbles." And says, "You'll." Uh, and it was just lucky that I got on the team and had some people knew how to, you know, do something. And, and uh, but I got to talking to some of them, and, and uh, I said, "Man, how much you got tied up in this thing?" Oh, he says, "He said I ain't got nowhere near as much as what some people." He says, "He said I probably got twenty or twenty-five thousand dollars tied up just in the bag and the clubs and the and the little things." Say what? Oh yeah, I don't mind golfing, but praise twenty thousand. Let me go to here and cut me something off a of hickory tree. See if I can't hit that ball with that. Hallelujah! You see, as 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 the brother was preached under the tent one night, we we all we do what we want to do. Things are getting higher. This is this is what Brother Tipton talked about the other night. Amen. Gas at $4 a gallon, all this other stuff going up. Hallelujah. Yeah, but we've already made up our mind what we're going to cut back on, and it sure ain't going to be our cable. It sure ain't going to be our Internet. It ain't going to be going out to eat three or four times a week. You know what? We, and we done deceived ourselves and think, well, you know, Brother Sammy, I, I can go out. And eat cheaper. Yeah, what what devil done got that passed on you? Because I'm going to tell you what, i tell you what, you can go and buy a bag of dried beans, get you a little bit piece of Joel and put in them jokers and cook them up, and you can have beans and cornbread for three or four days. And them beans didn't cost, and all it didn't cost, but about, about five or six dollars for the most, just that. No, 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 no. Hallelujah. Mm, hallelujah. Self-righteousness. Self-righteousness. You, you're right. I'm right and everybody else is wrong. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Bondage to self. Then, and I've got, I've got to hush, uh, rush on, there's self-centeredness. Philippians 2 and 4, read that. Let me get an ink pen right quick and scratch that out. Would you be willing to let me scratch it out of your Bible? Why not? It's part of what that says is holy, isn't it? But let every man look not only on his own things, but things of the others. Hallelujah. In other words, let's put that in modern English. You know, don't be just concerned with your, your own interest, but think about somebody else's. Don't just be worried about how you're going to pay $4 a gallon, but, but think about somebody else. Because I guarantee you there's going to be somebody struggling harder, harder than you. There's some folks out there, amen, who's not been blessed quite like the way you have. Hallelujah. 
But when we get in bondage to self, we become self-centered. And it's me, 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 me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can't build a church with a bunch of self-centered folks. It ain't going to ever happen. This is, see, this is what I'm telling you. This is what I've been trying to tell you, how that that self gets out and stands in front of your ways you're trying to put. Because, see, for a lot of folks, it's just about them. That's why they've got a job working. Maybe they're trying to build financial freedom. Maybe they're wanting to be able, they've they, they got to build this up and build that up. My Lord, my Lord, they, they wouldn't they would never think about Brother, Brother Samuel over him trying to build a, uh, get a building built for the kingdom of God. There ain't no way in the world. Amen. They, they, would, they would think about going over there and, uh, and cashing something out of a CD or something and say, we're going to give $10,000. Or we're going to, hey, oh, ain't, ain't no way in the world. I'd go over here and just make a small loan. Amen. And I'm going to make it loan. I'm going to pay it back by the month because I don't have the $10,000. But I'm going to pay it back by monthly. They wouldn't do that. But you go in the house and look at how many, time, how many things that they have taken out loans to buy. Self-centeredness. Self-centeredness. Come on. What, what was you doing in that drama the other night, Travis? You was... Christ is pulling. Why is he having to strain the heart? Because there's a self-centered person on the other end. Resistance. My Lord, this is the kind of message, man, that really get the place quiet. Hallelujah. And then, third and finally, and I'll close. It's almost 1230. Self-willed. Self-righteousness, self-centeredness, and self-willed. Jude, verse 8. I want to... Uh, guess what I want to bring out of that verse when I'm talking about self-willed? Reject authority. Reject authority. I believe one version says despises dominion. Hallelujah. This is the self that people get in bondage to. They're not going to accept the authority of the Word of God. They're not going to accept the authority of the man of God. They're not going to accept the authority because they're just simply determined that nobody else is going to tell them what to do. You begin to tell them something, Brother, Brother Harrison, they say, Hey, I'm grown. I quit listening to my daddy and mama a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Hello, somebody. Self-willed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Rejects authority. The authority of the Word of God. The authority, hey, the authority of the Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is impressing upon you to do something and you don't do it. The Holy Spirit tells you to do something, puts on, lays uh, something on your heart. You know, the Bible says, quench not the Spirit. 
That's a sin. That's a sin. Hallelujah. So what we got to do, I want you to go ahead and get tuned up, brother, and get, ready, get a course ready. We somehow, church, there, there's a vision that's literally about to cause me to explode. I know sister, this sister Darlene's been wondering for a long time why in the world that, that I, I've gotten so big. And she probably has dreams about those days when we first met when I was 29 waist. I don't want no amens. But can I tell you, church, and I'm going to use this phraseology to hopefully get you to understand what I'm saying. There's a vision. When God, when God sent me here, He gave me a vision. He gave me a goal, something to achieve. He spoke something in my spirit for our, our church to achieve and reach that the church has never achieved and reached before. And what it is, I'm pregnant with a destiny. God has put something. There's been something conceived within me that causes me to push and to press and to speak, saying, come on, church, let's get up. Let's break the bondage of ourselves. We, we whooped the devil around here a long time ago. When are we going to whoop ourselves? It's the only thing holding us back. Hallelujah. And I feel like I'm about to explode sometimes. Because when I stand and I look at over our congregation, I know what's possible. Hallelujah. I know what's possible. Hallelujah. I know what God can do. Hallelujah. I know what we can achieve. And I bury my face in the ground sometimes and I pray and I call on God. God, what's it going to take to get us to break the chains and the bondage of self? That we're willing to look ourselves in the mirror and say, bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Because I, I don't care what it takes. But that's when Sean was standing before me a while ago was representing myself. I'm going to get to Jesus. I don't care what it takes. Hallelujah. If I have to get me a deed nine dozer to run over him, I'm going to get to Jesus. You hear me? I'm going to get to Jesus. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? 
Let's stand together. God, help us to break the bondage of self in your holy mighty name. Sing a song, brother.
você que 